0: Today, I have um, Justin Massitelli, who, um who is the first author on uh, the Editor's Choice article for the July issue of um, JNIS. Um, the article uh, is entitled, An Update to the Ramon Roy occlusion classification of intracranial aneurysms treated with uh, coil embolization. Um, Justin is uh, currently in the Department of Neurosurgery at uh, Mount Sinai Hospital in uh, New York City. Um, Justin, uh, thanks so much for agreeing to talk to me today.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me.
0: Congratulations on the the work that you did. Um, Can you you tell me a little bit about the design of your study?
1: Sure. Uh, This is a uh, retrospective review of about 370 patients with 390 aneurysms. They all underwent coil embolization at Mount Sinai uh, spanning from 2003 to 2014. Uh, We excluded aneurysms that were atypical. We excluded aneurysms that were previously treated, and we excluded those that were treated with methods other than coil embolization, such as flow diversion. Uh, We reviewed all of the angiograms and then reclassified all of the initial and follow up results utilizing a modified Raymond or Ramon Roy classification or MRRC. Uh in in this classification class the class three category, the incompletely coiled aneurysms were split into class three A and class three B. And three A was meant to designate those with contrast opacification within the coil interstices in the center of the aneurysm. And class 3B was uh, set to designate those with contrast opacification outside the coils along the aneurysm wall. And then we analyzed uh, the angiographic outcome in relation to the initial modified scale. And uh, then uh, we had a statistical analysis to try and figure out if the new scale was more predictive of angiographic outcome in addition to other factors.
0: So it, it seems like the crux of the study is really um, this designation, uh, the splitting of uh, the Class three, uh Raymond Ray um, uh, classification into two separate um, uh, subcategories. Um, and, and so how, how did that idea come about? I mean, why, why did you decide to do that?
1: Uh, Dr. Patel, before me, you know, made the observation that, certain class 3 aneurysms were progressing to occlusion and certain class 3 aneurysms were remaining the same over time specifically he noticed that when there was contrast in the center of the aneurysm those aneurysms a portion of them tended to do well over time meaning that they would uh progress to occlusion the the contrast would be would be gone by the follow up angiogram and so that was the crux of of the idea and our hypothesis was that if we regraded all of the class 3 aneurysms into either 3A or 3B, we would find that the 3A aneurysms would pro- progress to occlusion over time more frequently, and then the 3B aneurysms would be more likely to remain incompletely occluded at f- at the follow-up angiogram.
0: And so what did you actually find in your study?
1: So when we looked at the uh, breakdown b- between uh, class 3A and class 3B, we found that the 3A aneurysms were more likely to improve over time all the way to class 1 or to class 2 compared to class 3B. And uh, we found that about 83 percent of the class 3A 3A aneurysms improved compared to only 15 percent of the class 3B aneurysms. And then when we compared just the class 3A to class 2 aneurysms to see improvement, we found that 53% fifty three percent of the three A aneurysms improved, whereas only seventeen percent of the class two aneurysms improved. And then on the flip side, when we looked at recanalization, the class three B aneurysms were much more likely to either remain incompletely occluded or recanalize uh, compared to class three A. And now it's about eighty five percent versus seventeen percent.
0: So do you think that uh this um has implications for um Uh, you know, following up patients as far as what intervals uh, you choose or, um, you know, how long you follow up uh, certain classes of aneurysms?
1: Yeah, we we believe that, you know, the implications are modest for angiographic follow-up. And certainly, we're always going to obtain a follow-up angiogram after coil embolization, and that's irrespective of the initial angiographic result. But where the new classification may be a little bit more helpful is predicting which patients are going to do well over time angiographically and which patients may not do as well. So we can first, you know, we can schedule the patients who have Class 3B results for an earlier angiographic follow-up than the Class 3A patients. And also we can counsel the patients with Class 3B results that, you know, more likely than not, they may need further treatment down the line. and just so you know, they're aware as far ahead of time as they can be.
0: Obviously, uh, everyone, um, you know, gets follow-up angiograms, even if it's a class 1, either follow-up angiograms or uh, MRIs, uh, MRAs. Um, I mean, do you think that there may be a difference, though, that if you've got, for example, a a class 3A that on follow-up progresses to uh, uh, complete occlusion of class 1, um, do you think that it's necessary to follow that over time?
1: Um, I, you know, I spoke to Dr. Patel about this, and we think that there's there's a lot of variability out there in terms of um, how you, different centers follow up their, uh, you know, coiled aneurysms. So some centers will do angiograms for many, many years, possibly lengthening the time interval. Some centers just do one angiogram, and then once they have a, Good results to follow the patients with non-invasive imaging such as MRI. Uh, we we would suggest or we would recommend that if you have an aneurysm that progresses to occlusion, to treat it in the same way that you would an aneurysm that was initially occluded. And so if you, if if your policy is to continue with angiograms, then probably you know, we would recommend doing the same thing. And if the policy is to move over to MRI, and once you have that that follow up angiogram that shows that the aneurysm in fact progressed to occlusion um we would recommend uh moving you know in the same fashion
0: and what about um during the procedure itself um uh, uh, I mean at your institution uh it, it has this study altered um some of your strategy for example, you know it seems to me if you're if you're coiling and um you have a class 3A result, you may not um, choose to be more aggressive with that um, on the initial coiling.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I'm not at the same institution currently as the senior author, Dr. Patel, but I know that through my training with him and and I know his approach is a little bit more conservative. And, um, you know, the understanding that the class 3A result may ultimately be a class one result, permits this conservative approach. And the idea is that the the benefit of tacking extra coils into the aneurysm at the end of the procedure doesn't necessarily outweigh the risks. And this is a subject that's definitely debatable. And there's a lot of good evidence that demonstrates that an initial class one result does give the best chance against recurrence. And so both approaches are probably reasonable.
0: Well, well, great. I mean, I think that this is extremely important work. Obviously, you know, we still have a lot to learn about um, outcomes of coiled aneurysms and, and, you know, which aneurysms will progress and which ones uh, don't progress. But I think that this is certainly a, a leap forward in, in that un- understanding. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention about the study? Probably
1: the funniest part of this paper is that I initially submitted it to the to another journal. And I basically drew the pictures on Microsoft Paint, and they were horrendous. I mean, really, really bad. And my wife, who's not an artist, oversaw what I was doing. And she saw the, the drawings, and she saw the rejected paper, and she said, this is unaccessible. And so she sat down and actually painted all of the aneurysms on a large canvas and then we took pictures of each one to create the artwork for the the accepted version that's in in your journal. And so I I always say that it, you know it never would have been accepted without my wife's artwork.
0: <laughs> well, I I think we probably, we may have accepted it anyway, but but the good news is I I think this is the first article that um is the editor's choice uh, plus, it's the cover image, so um, well, you know, so that that image will be on the cover. <laughs> that's very, that's very exciting for us. Great. Well, thanks so much again for agreeing to talk to me uh, today, Justin. No problem, and and thank you again so much for having me.